Hi, and welcome to It's Not Rocket Science, five questions over coffee. I have my uh, coffee in front of me at the moment. I hope that Tom has as well. Uh, today, we're going to be meeting uh, Tom Spite. Tom is a fascinating character. Uh, Tom will obviously give us some of his own history, but uh, he was a, a cardiothoracic surgeon and professor and uh, spent a lot of his time helping medical students and his patients. Uh, but at retirement, he switched his focus and started to think about those people who are facing career change, retirement and mental health issues. And he's retrained as somebody who really thinks deeply about how those mental health issues affect those people. So, Tom, I'm really grateful for you to spend a few minutes with us. Thank you so much for this. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this conversation. Uh, thank you, Stuart. I appreciate this opportunity. So as you, you said, I am a recently retired uh, cardiac surgeon. Um, it did not happen immediately that I started to do what I do now. Um, retirement for professionals is uh, can be a challenge because mm. it is associated with the loss of identity and purpose. Mm. It doesn't only happen uh, at the retirement uh, it happens also when somebody uh, is made redundant. If somebody comes to the end of the service in armed forces, these people lose uh, identity and purpose. And that very often leads to a degree of depression. That's mm -hmm. what happened to me. And it took me uh, about a year to uh, to find myself again. Uh, I will tell you more later how I done it. So now, um, I so, so, so what is it? So what is it, so, Tom? Before you, you you launch into that, what what is it that you find that the people you help now have tried to do to address these issues on their on their own without any form of help, and 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 how has that potentially not helped them? Well, this uh, takes uh, takes me to. Uh, a little bit more to what I do. And as I said, as you introduced me, I deal with uh, mental well-being. Mm. Now, um, trauma is something which is common. I work with veterans, British and Americans, but it's not about uh, battlefield trauma. It's just trauma which happens in uh, our lives. And it affects the one in three of us in one form or the other. And yet, this is the most ignored, denied and belittled cause of uh, human suffering. The uh, difficulty here is that people, um, we are all very different. Uh, trauma for one person maybe look uh, trivial for the other one. However, it's still very important. It doesn't matter how it feels for observers. What's important is how it feels for an individual. The difficulty with, for people with trauma is that uh, there is a general reluctance to, uh, to talk about it because it is ignored. It's denied. And uh, furthermore, people who experience trauma quite often feel uh, that they are responsible for it, that they really caused it. Examples, childhood trauma, 
childhood abuse, and for abuse uh, which uh, happens so often, uh, for instance, in uh, like rape, women who uh, experience that um, feel responsible or they are made responsible for for what happens to them. So there is a real difficulty to uh, reach out. Um, Consequently, long-term consequences of trauma are devastating and uh, uh, life-long-lasting. Uh, For example, a, quite a few of my veterans I work with, I just help them to uh, transition from uh, life in forces into uh, civilian life, and they don't really often they don't know how to do it because they they enlisted when they were still uh, teenagers. Um, Quite often, in during conversations, what uh, I discovered, and they always will tell me eventually, oh, do you know, um, uh, I I feel like an imposter. Mm. Well, I, I I can't do things. I don't think I am capable of. And what it is, this lack of confidence comes from childhood. And this is the lack of close relationship, close bond between the primary caregiver, usually this biological mother, it doesn't have to be, and uh, a child. And the reason? Because the small person is doing utmost to be loved, to be closed. And if it's denied this closeness, it starts doubting. I'm doing my best. Mm. I can't do any anymore. And they grow up, and uh, it is, uh, uh, it's not surprising, and I'm not uh, uh, put off by the fact that somebody who is in his 50s tells me, you know, uh, do you think I really can get this job, which is uh, my dream job? So this is something important, and, and if you think about the extent of trauma, there's somebody in our family amongst our friends or neighbors who suffered from this, from, from trauma. And also it will, uh, you know, if, if you, the data comes from the United States mainly. If one in five kids observe domestic violence, in one in the six lived up, uh, lived with uh, a caregiver abusing alcohol. Mm. These are patterns which uh, will lead to inability to create, to have uh, loving relationships, to, con- to continue domestic violence. Oh, if my father was doing it, it is okay for me to do it, or it's okay to uh, abuse children, uh, girls in the school, or um, at latest later uh, age. So these are issues which go far beyond. Oh, just uh, mental well-being. That allows me to uncover a lot of uh, areas which uh, that sort of intervention is not easily available. There's not enough psychologists or psychotherapists around who can help in these circumstances. And of course, I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm very interested in psychiatry of trauma. Um, and this is the result of uh, me studying it. Um, and I'm certainly not a psychologist. So I hope that answers your question. 
Tom. That, no, it's, it's, it's interesting that, that people suffer with this because of, uh, of trauma in their childhood. How, how do you go about helping them to recognize and overcome this? What are the techniques? It's not a technique. <clears throat> it is something which uh, very people know about. And what I'm going to tell you about is now uh, there are rules how we all experience life, regardless of age, gender, race, language, culture, or religion. All eight billions of us experience life in exactly the same way. Um, and the rules are constant. They always work, like gravity does. Uh, and, we, and they work even if we are not aware of them. So this simple explanation of how we experience life turns lives around. Because it allows people to deal with uh, depression and also with anxiety. How, what I'm talking about is there are three, three principles. That's how it is called in, uh, uh, in psychology or, uh, I would say in the field of even, uh, um, psychotherapy. There are three principles. Principle of mind, uh, consciousness and thought. What people don't understand how important is, how central is the thought to our experience of life. Mm. We get an awful lot of thoughts during the day, about 10 to 30,000 of them, and they are all neutral. So there's no such a thing, oh, uh, I, I keep on getting negative thoughts, or I need to think positive. All thoughts, to start, are neutral. And there's a metaphor out there. Uh, you probably remember first time when you went to the cinema with your parents or siblings. A very little person and they were curious where these pictures are coming from and eventually you turn back and you you notice this white flickering light. Well, to see the picture there's got to be screen. And screen is a metaphoric uh, a description of consciousness or conscious awareness. And the picture is a thought. All pictures are just pictures to start. However, thoughts create feelings. There's no such a thing like, oh, I feel one way or the other, I feel sad or depressed. No, there's got to be thought first. And feelings uh, lead to actions. And no action is also some form of action. And all actions have got the consequences we are responsible for. So when it comes to a depression, what is it? Well, actually it's engaging with the thoughts about the past, as I did. I was thinking about, oh, I had a, such a fantastic job, and it's gone. How terrible it is. Yes, in these days, it felt terrible. Uh, I ended up being diagnosed with uh, severe depression. But once I understood that actually these thoughts are about the past, and the past is gone, I cannot undo it, 
I cannot make it any better. And that's how it is. The same is with the future. I'm talking about anxiety. What is anxiety? It is uh, engaging in thoughts about our imagination. Once we believe that the thought which came to our mind is true, wow, it becomes our reality. Mm-hmm. So what to do? Well, some people say, and uh, when, when I work with uh, veterans who are um, very depressed or nearly uh, suicidal, we talk about it. And uh, I teach them how to uh, get rid of those thoughts or let them go. Because thoughts are like clouds. They pass. So how to do it from the, in the practical terms? Well, when you drive a car, you often listen to the music. Some music you like, some music you don't. Like your thoughts. What do you do? If you don't uh, like music or station, you change it. There's no such a thing that you become thoughtless. Immediately, next thought comes. The other, if that doesn't appeal to you, that sort of metaphor, imagine yourself standing on a platform of a busy railway station like a new street in Birmingham. You're standing and trains stop in front of you. The trains are thoughts. Doors open. It doesn't mean that you've got to... And the third example, which is a third metaphor, which is appealing probably for a younger population, is that we all have got the smartphones, and uh, quite often we look at posts on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and we spend about two or three seconds looking at the post, and then we scroll. You know, a thought comes into our mind. I know this thought. I've seen it. I know this thought about uh, how fantastic was the past if it's gone, how fantastic was the relationship is gone, uh, how uh, close I was to my mother who passed away. It's this all true, but uh, I don't have to engage in, in that sort of thought. So that's how you, that's the real practical advice, and it, that's how it works. Tom, I love I love those analogies and I love that you've given us such valuable free advice there in how not to engage in those self-destructive thoughts. That's fantastic. Well, it, it, it does. It does work. As I said to you, um, there's a, a lot is written on the rules of how we experience life. It is uh, a term which was coined by American philosopher called Sidney Banks. Um, and really, it is not concept. It's not psychology or or philosophy. That's the fact. There are rules, and there's no way we can ignore them. Um, quite often, if, furthermore, it's possible to teach the little people uh, about them, and they they understand it. They understand it very well. Example. What's the consciousness? Well, consciousness is not binary. It's not that we are conscious or unconscious. Of course, we've got to be conscious to to be aware of the thoughts which come to our mind. 
However, uh, consciousness has got an infinite number of levels. Like, uh, imagine a lift made out of glass outside a skyscraper. And it goes up and down all day long because that's what lifts do. When it's a ground floor, it looks through the glass. It may not be necessarily quite nice picture. A lot of traffic, uh, crowds, uh, fumes. Uh, maybe some people you don't like uh, look of. But then, the lift goes up. When it comes on the, to the third, such a floor, you look through the same glass. Oh, it's so nice. I can see far away. It's peaceful and quiet. Well, as anything changed, it's exactly the same world. Mm-hmm. What it is, what is important, the recognition of this is that we are all experiencing changes of our mood. Sometimes we are in a not very good mood. And what is important to know that the moods are like uh, lift. It will go up. With, uh, with us, without us doing anything about it. There are certain conditions when uh, it is impossible to make things better if, for instance, somebody is in a chronic, severe pain. That is impossible without uh, dealing with the pain first. But it's important, and, um, and I, when I was teaching this to, to my uh, grandsons who were at the time six and eight, and the next morning after our conversation, I was telling them, so what are you going to do if you are in a bad mood? Oh, nothing, granddad, is going to pass. <laughs> so even the little people can understand that, and they can understand. Now, the importance of it is, oh, there's a, there was a number of uh, uh, suicides among the teenage girls. Well, how could they protect themselves? Understanding how we experience life. Mm. That is the best protection and the only probably protection which comes from within. Not just regulating more and more uh, uh, different uh, media. Yes, it is important. It's contributing. But uh, for uh, a teenager to understand that they what they experience may be just illusion. Yes, yes. Brilliant advice. I love it. Tom, there, there must be a book or a course that, that, that you would recommend that the audience do some reading or, or thinking about that, that would help them to sort of understand some of what you've been talking about today. What, what would you recommend? I would recommend there is an American psychologist who uh, spent a lot of time um, teaching people about it through uh, different programs of crime prevention mainly. Oh, by the way, I, I work with inmates. Uh, I correspond with them. And they are very responsive to what I have been talking uh, about. They can rehabilitate. Not all of them, because some of them uh, have got a real psychopathic tendencies and you cannot do anything for psychopathy. Mm. Uh, but so what I would recommend, uh, the author name is Jack Pransky, and the book 
to start with is somebody should have told us. And it's a brilliant title. And when I read it, I thought, well, somebody should have told me. Life would have been so much easier. This book is also available in audio format for those who uh, who prefer listening. Because that's that's also very important to, to recognize that some of us are mostly visual and some of us are predominantly auditory. Mm, mm. That's helpful. I like uh, audiobooks because uh, it makes uh, going for a walk more interesting. Brilliant stuff. Tom, I've, I've asked you four questions. Um, there must be a question that you think I should have asked, which... I haven't, and so I'm now going to ask you to tell me the question that I should ask you, and then obviously um, you're going to answer it for us, and that will give us even more value. Well, one of the things is, you could have asked me, how do you change? I like the question. Someone who lost identity and purpose in life. I do love the question because that is uh, there's a way and it's uh, quite uh, quite easy way and it's uh, it's the best is to do it in uh, in person not always possible so with the people who uh, know uh, NLP it's a it's a more advanced NLP it's possible to do it online. Uh, it's there is a different way of doing it, uh, and that helps it helps people who are stuck, as many of us are at some point in our lives. I mean, we don't need coaching all the time. However, any experience, experienced uh, any successful business person uh, would have a coach from time to time, and the uh, companies like Amazon provide. Uh, Free coaching for employees who want it or encourage it. And as, as I said, it's what I do with veterans, it's called mentoring. But in, in fact, it is, uh, it is coaching too. So there are, there are mechanisms already available. Um, it's not a problem. The challenge of coaching is uh, lack of awareness of what it mm-hmm. is, how it works, and how we can benefit an individual Tom Tom I think you've hit the nail on the head so many people are not aware of what help they could get and how they could overcome some of these and struggle too often on their own don't they Mm -hmm. and with that I'm just going to put up um, this uh, scrolling across the bottom of the screen at the moment is where you can find more information about the sort of help that Tom gives Uh, I'll just read it out for those people who are going to be listening to the audio, uh, but it will be in the show notes. But it's www.coachingandhypnosissanctuary.co.uk. That's coachingandhypnosissanctuary.co.uk. Tom, uh, you are a fascinating character with a fascinating history with some really brilliant things to say. I really do want to thank you so much for just spending a few minutes with us talking about some of this stuff. I know... Your time is valuable because you have so many people you're trying to help at the moment. So thank you so much for just spending a few minutes with us. I appreciate your invitation. Thank you, Stuart.
no problem, Tom. Now, I'm just going to tell, if you'd like to get onto our mailing list so that you can come and, and, and be sure that you get to catch up with uh, really fascinating characters like Tom, would you go to this link, which is tca.fyi. So it's very simple, tca.fyi forward slash subscribe. That gets you onto our mailing list. And we will email you once a week with who's going to be on the link, who's going to be on the uh, the podcast this week, and also when it comes out as a further podcast. Really interesting characters like Thomas Spite, um, who will be uh, he will be um, I'm sure um, a valuable a valuable addition to your uh, to your list if you can get on and look at his website. I'll just give you that one again, which is coachingandhypnosissanctuary.co.uk. Tom, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. I really do appreciate it. I know how valuable your time is, and I, I appreciate that you've been so willing to give so much value to people about how we can better address some of our some of our issues. So thank you so much. Thank you, Stuart. I'm just going to play the outro. Uh, look forward to seeing you all next week. <laughs>